0: Get out of! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Hewitt is my hero. Jay Pewter just punched me in the kidney. Power through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. We're we going to excuse you're a That not really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard.
1: Now here are your hosts, Brock Hewitt and Mike Salk. Hello!
0: Startling revelation this morning on Brock and Salk by Jeff Passan that he has a 7-3-quarter and three quarter hat size. Ryan Divish, noted giant head, Ryan Divish. Yep. Writing in to say that that makes him feel pretty happy. He only has a seven and a half. Yeah. I so think I'm he's, a
2: seven and a half,
0: even with my cro magnum forehead. So you guys both have smaller heads than Passan, right. right. who still isn't as large as Bruce Bochi, who has the legendary huge melon. And what is Divish? Five nine two oh five. Well, he says he hasn't seen one fifty seven since nineteen ninety one. So yeah, that sounds about right. That seems reasonably accurate. What size head yes. do you have, Saul? I don't know. Oh. No idea. Mm-hmm. Is that something I should know? I mean, yeah, I probably, like, you don't, you're not a hack hat eye, so I get it. I don't wear fitted hats. Yeah. I have no idea either. Yeah. Whatever. Hat. Hat. I, mean, whatever. Yeah. Hat. I mean, whatever. works. Curtis Rogers is also big old noggin. Yeah, he's, he's got a, a big head. a maybe. Yeah. yeah. Stelman you know, always talks
1: about how he has a small or head. Or
0: three-quarter. The Bruce Bochy thing uh, is... Bob's head's five and seven-eighths. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> Bob is a very, very small head on a very large body. He looks like the... Uh, he looks Jeez. like the guy from Beetlejuice. It's okay waiting say, in the it's not- he, ma-
1: he makes fun of it all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, the Bruce Bochy thing is legendary. I think I've told you my favorite Bochi story, which came from uh, I think I've mentioned it before from Lou Merlone. It's such a great story of uh, when they were in San Diego and Bochy was the manager there. They were, I think it was actually what's his name the the manager in um, in in Anaheim now is uh, what's his name. Who I can't. Phil, stand. Nevin. Phil Nevin. I think Nevin had a role in this, but there was some okay. whole thing where they were taking rally shots at the end of games, like once like guys had been removed from the game, and so Lou's there, and he's like new there, and he he had not been in the game yet, but he you know wasn't in the game, so he's like taking these rally shots in between innings, and it's like an old game that keeps going, like twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, and like in between every inning, they're running into the clubhouse for a quick rally shot, and then coming back out. Bochi's looking over at him like the heck's going on over there and they're like uh, nothing Skip and like he's like Bochi's giant head is wobbling back and forth and try, trying to just maintain my <laughs> composure and then Bochy comes over to him and is like alright 14th inning you're going in a pinch hit or something like that he's like what oh, boy. and so he's like goes back to the clubhouse like scarfing down bread like anything he can to try to help him out and he says, Bochi's just looking at him side-eyed the whole time so hmm. I think there was a little fear factor with Bochi. Well,
2: I think Mr. Bochi's looking at his guys side-eyed. Do you realize they've blown twelve of their last eighteen saves? You want to talk about the Mariners wow. bullpen limping in, right? You want you want to talk about the Mariners in, in, in their arms being pooped? What are the Rangers? I mean, that's Bobby Ayala. Bobby Ayala's even like, dude, I, I'm I i did not even do that. 12 of their last 18 save opportunities, they have blown. That is, that's hard to fathom. So does that just submarine the season or does a veteran manager and some veteran offensive players getting young back, getting Garcia back? Do they say that can't, that can't
0: sustain? I mean, we've given ourselves... I mean, they are getting those guys back, but at the same time, like Young's going to come back here after a thumb injury. We know how that tends to go. That's not to say he won't be good at all, but guys coming back from wrist and thumb injuries come back and generally aren't the same player for a little while. So we'll wait and find out. Garcia, probably a different story. But, you know... Young, sort of the guy that triggered a lot of what they did this year. I mean, you knew that Garcia yep. was going to be good. You knew that Simeon Seeger and, and Seager, Seeger, I mean, like, those guys yep. are going to be good. But the difference in the well, Rangers Heim this well. year. I think Hyman Young. I was Young. just going to say, it was Hyman yep. Young. Like those yep. two guys have really been the difference makers. And, you know, they're, they're pitching. A lot of it is hurt, which is where it's been over the course of the year. They got a lot of older guys on that staff. Mm-hmm. They spent their money there. And unfortunately, that doesn't. That's not usually a great recipe for health and success.
2: They've given themselves 18 save opportunities and they've blown 12 of them. That's and because, remarkable. I mean, yeah, I mean, even if they blow half of those, they are how many games up on the Mariners? Five. Like, but they haven't. They have fallen apart there yeah. and now it but is can't a you 12. play that game gamers. with everybody,
0: right? Like if the Mariners hadn't blown five of their extra yeah. inning games or, you know, I mean, their bases loaded, nobody out in the ninth games. I mean, like. Yep. I think you you can can. kind of play that both ways. If Robbie Ray hadn't gotten injured in a game and given up six – I mean – there's a lot yeah. of ways things could be different. That's why you play 162. That's right. Because all of those things are going to even out over 162 games. J-
2: uh, Justin last night sent us a note that I couldn't agree with more. And maybe it was on his mind because KJ flashed his eyes at you mm. last Wednesday. Maybe it was on his mind because we were talking to Pete about it and, and guys just flipping a switch, right? It was Bobby that ignited that in on the practice field on Wednesday. I think I'm right alongside Justin, and maybe it's because I love this stuff and I look for it and I take it maybe to the extreme, but it sure felt like last night if they were going to wash away a bad sweep to the Dodgers, if they were going to wash away a bad September or whatever it was, 5-11, and and flush that and, and move on to the race ahead, which is the final 13 going into last night, man, JP had a different look to him last night. JP, and he's had it all year long. I mean, he has been the the igniter. He's been the fire starter. He's been the Tyler Lockett to some degree of these Mariners this season. Underappreciated by the masses, passing laughing at my, laughing at that, Mm. laughing about him in the MVP votes. So, but but internally and locally, we know the difference that that guy has made, and it just felt from afar, (laughs) just watching through the optics we did last night. That old JP just shifted. If he's got one last gear for these final thirteen games, to say, "Hey, we are not missing these what, playoffs." Uh, what
0: made you say that, Justin? A couple different times in the uh, when he was in the batter's box, uh, took a bad swing, and instead of kind of doing the pace around and look up at the ceiling, just like right back in the box, that back, staring back at the pitcher. Yeah, like there was a no business or no <laughs> messing around. All business mode, and then a couple different times you saw him, in the, saw him in the dugout talking to another player. It was another one of these like very focused, mm. st- it's more of an eye contact thing it, for me because you can tell when people are locked in just based on the way that they look at whatever situation they're in, whether it's not bad or uh, in discussions with other players. It does happen, right, this time of year. We talked about it a lot last season where guys mm-hmm. just lock it in. And when they do, it, it it can present just a completely different style to your baseball team. Hey, you just made me think of this talking about guys being frustrated. Did you catch? I don't know who it was. It was the guy, I think, playing center field last night for the A's who popped up and smashed his bat, threw his bat like down and forward in frustration. And it bounced out towards the pitcher. Did you see that? I don't think so, man. I, it jumped out to me, and I, I know that like bat flips. Was it Ruiz? And, uh, no, it was the guy who started the game in center field. I believe I'd have to go back and look at like the Lawrence uh, Butler, maybe. Yes, I believe yeah. it was Butler, and he got frustrated with a pop up. I don't remember who was on the mound. It might have been Topa. He chucked the he chucked the bat down like to smash it, and it like ricocheted forward. It didn't come that close to the pitcher. I don't mean to say like he almost hit him, but it went out in that direction. I was just like, man. If I were if I were on the other team, that would make me a whole lot more upset than flipping my bat in an excitement. Like, hey man, all right, you flip your bat in excitement, uh, showing me up. That's the new game. People are having fun. You throw your bat in frustration, and it comes anywhere near me, I'm gonna be really mad. Like getting hit by a bat really hurts. I don't know, just kind of shocked
2: me. Mm, Maybe yeah. if he played for did. the A, how can you get mad at anybody who plays for the A? He's, He's
0: only been up in the league for like a. I would a only minute. be mad at like hitting me with a bat. Like, so can I can you, get kind of do You mad know what about he's that. had to
2: endure in the Coliseum? Mm-hmm. Playing I know. there? This I, get I get it. I get it. Man, how can you? Come on. Four thousand
0: something fans there last night. I was oh. like, that is there it There's no generous, way that's true. Oh. Generous. Oh. There were like 750 people, and you could hear every word uttered by each individual soul <laughs> that was in the building. We'll come right back with everything you need to know. Then back to some football at nine thirty. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on seven
1: ten need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up
0: first. Yeah, Brock, I'm thinking about your, okay, what do you need to do? Eight and four gets you to 90 wins, which I think probably gets you in based on the way these teams have all stumbled down the stretch. So how do you get to 90? You win at least one more against Oakland. And then you got to go seven and three. If you only win one, six and four, if you win Two and sweep the A's, that sounds about right, doesn't it? Doesn't that seem like what you would need to do in order to get in? Yes, but do you want to win the division? Yeah, I want to win the division. I do. So I mean, I'd you like win the better. division, as they were laying
2: out in the broadcast last oh. night, all of these different scenarios, and you would then face the the number three wild card versus Minnesota. Like, No, that, you that, win the division, Brock. You you got to buy. That's what I'm saying. You yeah, get to buy. I mean, but it's, then it's, in the di- so but great. then in the division series, yeah, you would face the the Minnesota versus all of that what? conversation
0: oh about lining up your rotation and being yes. able to put guys in the bullpen. I mean, you win the division. I'm not. And it is totally different.
2: At, at this point, it's Houston is falling back a, half?
0: a game and a half back.
2: There is. I mean, this isn't about just getting the playoffs. Like there is a sizable, there is a true. You want to talk World Series? Yes. You talk World Series by hosting the division series, right? By by skipping this whole first round of it all with the wild card, and to do that, yeah, I think you've got to go. I think you got to go nine and three.
0: Yeah, that that might end up being true. Although I'll tell you, you talk about the you're only one game in the loss column behind Houston. Correct. I mean, it's one game in the loss column, and you have the tiebreaker with the Astros. So you shouldn't give up on that, especially with a few games left to play against them. And we'll see how they end up doing here as they've got a couple more to play against a very good Baltimore club that still has a lot to play for with a two-and-a-half game lead overall for t- against Tampa Bay. So, yeah, there is a, this is a very, very interesting couple days left to go. As for them last night, they do get another win. Brian Wu, pretty darn impressive. Brian
1: looks in, has a sign from Torrens. The stretch and the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. And he gets him with a fastball for strike three. That
0: got him out of the fourth inning. He ended up going five scoreless. He's also got this little hopping celebration. Have you noticed that? He was uh-huh. asked about it afterwards. Yeah, I
2: don't know. I do some dumb hops. I don't know why I do it, but it just, like, happens randomly, but... Um, no, I mean, it's just a. obviously, you know, team's been um, struggling just a little bit uh, here as of late and um, coming down the stretch. So every game, you know, means a lot. Every win means a lot. So I think that was just kind of the emotion coming out there.
0: It's just some dumb hops, Brock. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, how it that's goes. All. That's all. All right. Well, they'll get back to it tonight. Game two in Oakland. The Rock. Luis Castillo on the hill. Here's the second thing you need to You ready for full speed, Jamal Adams? Yeah, yeah, I think I am too. I kind of like to see it. Just let me love you, Jamal.
1: Jamal's going to be going full speed this week. Uh, this will be this is the week that we've been counting on to really cut him loose. And so, whether or not uh, he plays or not, it, it could be another week uh, from now, and and we'll see how he goes. But this is it's it's exciting to see him. He had a great week last week. Uh, this will be even better, and uh, we'll be prepping for maybe that next week.
2: Yeah, about eighteen million reasons I would like to see him. <laughs>
0: Oh. When are you going to learn your lesson on this? About what? About talking about how much money people make and in regards to what they should be doing on I'll the never, field. I'll learn
2: certain lessons, like, you know, maybe a golf <laughs> outing is a good day, but I will never learn the lesson that, yes, more is expected of you. When you are in that position, more is expected
0: of you to deliver. Mm hmm. I mean, you're right, but every time you say it,
1: people seem to get mad
0: at you. It's the only thing you ever say that anybody ever gets mad at, just about. Anyway, pretty encouraging on the status of both Tariq Woolen and DK Metcalf, so that was some good news, and he was also pretty, I think, um, we're going to talk more about this here in a moment, but... I thought he really did a great job of taking a lot of the onus of what had happened in week one and showing that it was maybe even a little bit more serious and significant than we realized. It's
1: way, 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 way better. You Forget be- what happened uh, the, other, the other time. We, but we had this chance with so many elements to this thing that, that made this a, a special opportunity. Um, because of all the buildup and because of their, their success and their hype and their, and, and their win and the big win on the road and all that kind of stuff, all of those things. And we're at the other end of the spectrum of it going into this thing with everything to gain, and our guys totally responded. I mean, the effort throughout the day, all phases, the, um, the belief that we're going to win the game throughout all phases, no matter what.
0: Yeah, you could tell. Week one was worse than we realized. Week two was even maybe better than we realized. Sign.
1: here's the third day you need to know
0: and then finally from bad to worse apparently in Denver what a disaster last year it was just one thing after another after another then they bring in Sean Payton to try to fix it Russ has actually played better through two weeks but it doesn't seem to be making much of a difference to the head coach he's not wild about how difficult it's been to get the plays in on time
2: we're, we're late with personnel getting out of the huddle we took a while I mean that's got to change. We had to burn timeouts in the first half, and I'm not used to doing. We got to be better, and uh, I've got to be better. Russ has got to be sharper with with getting it, getting the play out, and then we got to look at how much we have in. But um, you know, if we need to wristband it, we will.
0: Can you imagine Pete Carroll saying that? No. Like, imagine Pete Carroll saying those words. It's impossible. You can't. You, there's no way you could imagine those words coming out of Pete's mouth. And it does show you how much he really. Brock, you said it yesterday. He covered for Russ. He gave credit to Russ when maybe he didn't always need to. It is a different way of doing business. Covered for Sherm. He covered for everybody. Everybody. He has,
2: he has been willing to take those arrows. And, you know, some of it, and you made this point yesterday, and we'll continue back into this conversation in a few minutes. Some of it is longevity. Some of it is, I remember Al Michaels, like, late in his career, and people say, oh, you know, I wish every play-by-play guy would just say it. You know, just be willing to put themselves up. Well, you can't. Because Al Michaels has got guaranteed contracts. He's been there forever, and he's got all of that equity in the bank, and he's got security in, in every single phase of it. And Pete does too. And, and, and he knows himself inside and out, and he is willing to take all of those arrows. And it does really remind you and show you with Gino. There's none of those. None of those. Like, got to burn timeouts, got to lay down the tunnel. That's got All these communication way. issues. All of that is largely gone away over the
0: last year. plus. Pretty crazy. All right, there you go. That is everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. Just to uh, remind you, uh, tomorrow Tim Kirchin is going to come join us at seven thirty. Looking forward to talking to Timmy, and then of course KJ is going to be in the building for the eight o'clock hour. Should be a lot more fun after the big win and get a sense of what KJ saw. And and I certainly want to hear about the Bobby Wagner response and all that. KJ should be perfect tomorrow at eight o'clock. And then Thursday, Ian Eagle is going to join us at seven thirty before Jerry at eight thirty, and. Hmm. uh, I get, we've never had him on. No, we've had never. so many play-by-play and color commentators on over yep. the years. He hasn't done a lot of Seahawks games. I think that's part CBS. of it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. CBS guy and it just hasn't kind of worked out on the few games a year. And
2: usually it was Fouts. So we had the beard on a few times because it was always I and you know, the eagle That's and the right.
0: The bird, so, and the, the bird and the beard. The bird and the beard. The bird and the beard. <laughs> the who aren't beard. working together anymore, right? He's now oh. with Charles Davis. Right. It's too bad. The bird and the beard is an all-time <laughs> great combo. It's like Bob Trumpy and Don Cricky. Just, you know, they just go together. What are you going to do? Yep. Um, but he was great. I texted a little bit with him yesterday and I uh, we have a mutual friend who swears that so he's one of the funniest people he knows. So definitely looking forward to uh, to doing that on Thursday. So pretty good week as we prep for the Panthers. In addition to going through here, what the Mariners are doing in their final few days. Oh, and the Huskies are
2: college football playoffs. Yeah,
0: Can we talk a little bit about that tomorrow too. Uh, you know, tomorrow will be uh, Washington, Washington Wednesday, Wednesday at yes. nine thirty.
2: Can we do like a full fifteen minute? Washington Yes. Wednesday no, tomorrow? I think we need to. I got a lot of Husky fans that just send me a lot of hate on Twitter. Really? Like, dude, seriously, Washington Wednesday is like. I'll hear Saul Grant for two minutes, and I don't get a Washington Wednesday for longer than two minutes. Can mm. you give me? How about tomorrow, full boat? 15 I think that sounds great. Before Well, there's okay. a lot
0: to talk about. And, you know, you don't always get it when you beat up on uh, Tulane or whoever it was Tulsa. Tulsa. Whatever. But Michigan State, Boise State, Tulsa? Yeah, it's a little bit more impressive, that's for sure. And the way they've blown the doors off each each one, that's uh, something we're going to talk about a little bit tomorrow. All right, coming up next, uh, you want to talk Pete or Gino? I feel like tomorrow's maybe a little bit more of a Gino day. What do you think? You want to talk uh, Pete? Tomorrow we got no time to talk Gino. Okay? All right, then let's talk Gino, because I think that there is a question emerging with Gino Smith that we're now going to be following for the next 15-plus games and may, may determine some of the future of this franchise. It's next on Brock & Salk, Seattle Sports on 710.
1: You're listening to Brock & Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio.
0: Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. There's some people who really want me to rank my kids. I don't think I'm going to do that. I mean, not live on the radio. I do it to myself. All the time, now, Heather and I are constantly ranking the kids.
1: We got a text yesterday
0: that said, "Cecily number one, or we revolt." There are sometimes she's number one.
2: Sometimes Avery's. Yeah, I'm gonna go one, Haley, two, Macy, three, Titus. Right? Really? Now. I'll do it. I'll do it.
0: <laughs> Hold on, Haley's He's number a-
2: one at the moment. Haley's one, Macy's two, T- Titus got in a little trouble yesterday. Oh, really? Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cecily yeah. got in some trouble yesterday morning too, so I guess yeah. Avery would be number one today if that, If you're just going by who's been in trouble most recently. What do you, what do you guys call your kids when they get in trouble? Do you call them by their full name, like, is it something you repeated from your parents or anything? I don't have any of that. You don't. Mm-mm. No, I, my, I don't. My kids don't get in trouble that much, to be honest with you. Try
2: not to get angry. Try not to really. You know, Molly's really good with me mm-hmm. in that way. Like, you know, so he was, you know. <laughs> We got some Geno conversation, but, you know, but, but we made, we made our money doing parenting talks uh, through the years, so yes. Salk, and being pretty open about it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some like girl drama going on and boy drama in the eighth grade at the middle school. And, Uh-oh. oh, yeah. And, uh, and some of it involves one of Titus's best friends oh. and a couple of these little punk boys oh. that are a little, yeah, a little, right now, some of the girls are going for the troublemakers.
0: Oh, that'll yeah, will happen. Yeah.
2: And, um, so, yeah, just create a little something, something and <laughs> um so try not, you know, in those moments not get mad at all and just try to really talk through the situation. So I actually had him read the email that the teacher had sent. Uh-oh. So I picked him up, I'm like, here you go, bro. Just read this, read it out loud. He's like, I I and I'm like, just read it out loud. I'm not just, you know, let's talk just through read it. Yeah, and, and he did. And then I got the whole conversation. And what does a leader do? And what are you going to, you know, go and say to the teacher? How are you going to handle this? So and then after good. all
0: that, you dropped him down to third in the kid rankings? I mean, that really sure. feels unfair to have to do both. No, that's okay. Tomorrow he could be one. I mean that's, that's yeah that is that's the, the beauty, beauty, beauty of it, it. yeah yes. there there is a constant like the a, ALS, constant ALS ebb r- and flow ALS race right now <laughs> in wildcards it's very fluid yeah you catch fire for a couple of days you can be number one uh-huh. you drop off for a few days and you yeah. can really fall far so yes good point all right mm-hmm. um, Gino had a heck of a game he really hmm. did on uh, on Sunday I thought that was. Is that the best game Genos played? QBR it was his second best behind last
2: year in Detroit. If you remember game what was that, three in Detroit? Yeah, I or do so? remember that.
0: I thought he played a better game yesterday Ooh, or Sunday. I'm not he saying was. that he wasn't great in that game in Detroit the first time. Mm-hmm. Just sort of the all around perfection of it and just like the how few well, what, mistakes he made other than with the what one. was on the line and the noise and yeah. the crowd and everything else. Yeah. I thought it was a really, really good game and, and Pete was certainly excited about it. Yeah, I and mean, we talked to him yesterday.
1: Yeah, he's he's so pretty. Yeah. He had a great game and he, he 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 performed so well after the coming out of the first game i mean he came right back to exactly what we've been talking about i've been telling you the whole off season he's looked phenomenal and he's been in charge and he's been in in, in a physical connection with his with his body to throw and catch and to move and run and all that stuff and uh he just did he just did what he's been doing and the first week he didn't come out like that and the, whatever I, mean, I don't care about that anymore but you got to see who we got on, on our team, and he played a fantastic game. Yeah, you do. You'll always still remember that because
2: that's what coaches do. You always remember those. And, frankly, in the first game, the first half, he was pretty, too. I mean, he was they, up and down the field and, you know, a missed field goal. and But like, he was he, limited opportunities, and not a lot of opportunities, but he was pretty in that first half. And then it was a couple ugly three and outs. And then for all 60 minutes, as I have said repeatedly, there was like one negative play in that game.
0: Well, and and I'm going to point back to making the people around you better. And I don't think Gino did that very well in game one. And I thought he did it exceptionally well in game two. And that's the other reason I'm going to keep pointing at that one is maybe being his best because of the lack of the two tackles, because of some of the ways he elevated you know, young guys and new guys and the tight ends, I think yeah. he hit eight or nine different receivers in that game. He hit yeah. five on the final drive. I, I thought it was a, a really, really nice game for Gino. And when you see that, when you see him play like that, and you watch Justin Fields kind of becoming unglued, when you watch Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson totally struggles. unglued right now, Zach Wilson, struggle bus, right? I mean, these are top five picks, guys that are struggling badly Mm -hmm. right now. CJ Stroud, I guess, looked a little bit better in week two, but week one was a mess. Uh, Certainly watching in Carolina so far with Bryce Young has not been great. Not not to say they're not going to be, but the, you know, what do you do with your future quarterback is part of the storyline for 2023. Trust me. You are trying to figure out with another you know, opportunity to get out of that deal with Geno if you want to. And with a loaded quarterback class coming out in the draft this year, how you want to play this going forward. So to say that Geno's not still auditioning, I think he is. I think he is absolutely still in audition mode. And in some ways, everybody always is. But I would say he is. He is still auditioning for the role of long-term, bring-you-to-the-Super Bowl quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. I am confident that Geno Smith can bring this team to the playoffs. Yep, I am not sure if Geno can bring this team to a Super Bowl, but if he plays the way he did Sunday, that's a Super Bowl-level quarterback.
2: You know what he does very well? Uh, yes, uh, the way he played Sunday, just to answer that definitively, uh, yes. And he's had many of those halves and a lot of those games. If you go back and look at his raw numbers, his QBR numbers, his next-level stats. He That's not a one-off. It's not a two-off. He has had plenty of those. You know what he does when when Pete said that, and, and I asked, you know, actually a succinct question, and he answered it very, very clearly when he just said, oh, he's so pretty. You know what he does very well when I think about that? He is so fundamentally sound, yet not robotic. And to me, those two things equal pretty. Probably in just about any thrower. You could probably say the same thing about pitchers that are super fundamentally sound, but not robotic. And then they become, wow, that is fun to watch. That guy is, is pretty. And when you watch Gino for young quarterbacks, especially he is so fundamentally sound. His body is connected. His feet are connected. How many times do you see him just fundamentally flawed? And when you watch Justin and you watch Zach Wilson and you watch these young quarterbacks and Kenny Pickett last night through two weeks, you know, it's like, whoa. He was supposed to be taking this next step and the preseason looked really good. And the whole off season was tremendous, you know, and it's, and it's really hard to be fundamentally sound and not robotic. And he does that well. And then to your point, just his temperament, just his, his self-belief and confidence. Mm -hmm. It is just one of those very hard to quantify And, (laughs) but when, it's there, and it's largely been there. Others do tend to
0: follow. All right, so, Brock, here's what I got. Here's what it leads to, and it's too early for this conversation. I'm only bringing it up now because I think that everything that happens between now and April kind of leads up to this. Okay. Seahawks finish second in the NFC West to San Francisco. Okay. They make a wild card. They win a wild card game. They go on the road in week two of the playoffs and lose. Mm-hmm. They end up with the 22nd pick in the draft, something mm-hmm. like that, right? Somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Mm-hmm. And it comes to you, and you've got some of those quarterbacks on the board. All right, maybe not the guys at the top, Caleb Williams, et cetera. Maybe it's Michael Penix. Maybe it's the guy you like from Michigan. Maybe whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a guy there at 22 that you like. Are you taking him? Yeah, I think you
2: can take him. I mean, obviously it's dependent on Geno's play and and everything else and and does he exceed the previous year's expectations. And But, man, the the recipe has kind of been out there. Instead of throwing these young guys in the total fire, you know, to actually have an Alex Smith groom a Patrick Mahomes, to actually have a Russell Wilson groom Geno Smith, as crazy as that sounds, to have a Ryan Fitzmagic groom Tua, right? Some of these that feel like a little bit more stable footing, yeah, it is sure nice to actually have a guy there. that that is the
0: leader. But what if you truly believe Gino can take you to a Super Bowl and you're a defensive lineman away and that person's available? Then you
2: go get that defensive lineman. You know, then you go get that defensive lineman. This year, you showed at five, and even at, with your next pick, you're not prisoner to have to take in a quarterback. That is why so many of these teams that you know have failed and blown up, and you throw them in the fire, and like, oh, I got, I got to be prisoner what to if this. They're both there. I
0: mean, I think that's the thing that I find interesting is what are you going to do based on how Gino and the rest of this roster handles this season? I know it's early for this conversation. Correct. Trust me. And there's me. so many of these components that you've got to, uh,
2: evaluate. And how is Dre Jones? And how is Bobby Wagner? And how at
0: least is your secondary. Health you know? is going to play a role. I mean, all those things are going to matter. Yes. But you can start to look ahead at, at, at sort of what's at stake. It's not just how well you do this season. I don't think most people believe that even if they're better, this team is going to win a Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. right? That doesn't mean they're not a good team, and they could. I mean, look, anything can happen. I'm not like going to be one of those we can't do it type of haters, but yep. I don't think the prediction for most people is that the Seahawks are going to make or win the Super Bowl this year. So with that with that said, and with that, of course, still is the goal, there is an element still of what sure. are you doing to get closer sure. to that moment? And can you be convinced this year that Gino's the guy yep. to completely build everything around?
2: Yeah, I think the great thing about this, and you framed it two or three times, saying, hey, it's, early. Hey, it's early, it's early, it's early. I mean, it's never too early to have a quarterback conversation in any market because that is one that largely everybody has an opinion on. But, you know, the next 15 weeks will dictate so, so much of this. And it is so important that his contract is right there for the journey if he plays great, if he does what he did Sunday and he continues to play at an elite level and his numbers are off the charts and he hits 70%, right? He gets escalators and bumps, but it's not to 70 million. Mm -hmm. It didn't cripple your team. It doesn't destroy your roster. With a cap that's growing, some numbers coming off of it, you will still have flexibility, which is really what, in versatility, what John and, and crew in the salary cap side of the building have done phenomenally well to give themselves opportunity to have you know, powders they like to say to to make those moves. So yeah, I can't say it enough. I said it a week ago or two weeks ago, with the onset of so many of these spectacular college quarterbacks that man, Gino's deal is a grand slam. If, if you know possibilities there. And you know what? If he plays great, it's still a grand slam. You see what the Chiefs did yesterday? <laughs> you know, renegotiating Mahomes contract to to bump up his guaranteed money to two hundred and fifty some million over the next few like you know that's where a lot of these teams are, and Herbert's getting 200 million, and Burrow's getting. $200 million. I mean, those,
0: those things are true, but also the Chiefs are Super Bowl contender, and the Seahawks really aren't at the moment. So, I mean, yes, there is a lot of value to doing it the way you did it. I, I give them a ton of credit, but if the opportunity is there to get somebody that you think is going to be Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, mm-hmm. you know, where where do you go with that? Now, this was a, a great stat that Brady had yesterday that I'll point out. List of quarterbacks who have a 70% completion and 300-plus yards in five or more games over the last two years. It's a short list. It's the two guys you just mentioned, Patrick Mahomes and Geno Smith. So, I mean, he shows at times that he's capable of playing at that level. Can he do it consistently week in, week out, et cetera? All of those, I think, are, are still very fair questions. And great response here on the text machine, of course, 866 979 Mack and Jack's text line, super bowel. LOL, I think he means bowl, but okay. Come on, man. They'll be lucky to be one and done in the playoffs. I love the coach, but he's not making another Super Bowl. Complete other side of it. 509, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Geno Smith is the present and future of the Hawks. He will be a top five quarterback by the end of the year. How about that?
2: Yeah, well, I sure, man, I sure have grown to appreciate the way he responds. Mm-hmm. I sure have grown to appreciate it. As you see we played some of the sound and around the NFL, right? A field's kinda of talking about his coordinator, Mac talking about his teammates and all Gino does is put that thumb in his chest after week one, say, you know, it it wasn't there. Got to do more. After week two, shower everybody else with credit, including his two tackles, and just continues to totally get it as a leader.
0: And then I'm sorry to tell you this, Brock, but you're actually drawing a little bit of criticism from apparently the perfect person uh, who says, stop overpopulating the world, Brock, and you won't have to rank your kids past one. And do a better job at raising them. And you won't have them act out and have to punish them. My right. daughter never once did anything to have me get <laughs> mad at her, and now she's in grad school at twenty-five in Copenhagen crushing it. Unfortunately, right. she was a dog instead of a coog, though you dub <laughs> was a nice commute from Vashon. So if only you could be more like this person, so Rob. She didn't do anything wrong because she was a dog, that right? I mean, hey, didn't act no. out at all, didn't no, in sure. any way try to <laughs> go her never. own direction, that's for sure. Yeah. Hey, speaking of children, let's do ranked. Got a list. Time to put it in order. Fred Dwanfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. That yeah,
1: top 10 list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. All right.
0: Well, we did uh, sort of rank our children. Sort of. At hey, least. Hey, by the way, is that, is that Dion at the
2: end of it? The top 10 list, I'm not buying. Is that Dion at the end of it? It might be, yeah. Did you see the clip of Dion not knowing his offensive center's name?
0: (laughs) No. That's funny. (laughs) Dion's the thing. I asked Heather about it last night. She had no idea. She's like, why are you talking about Dion?" I was like, all right, well, apparently it hasn't made it everywhere in terms of a huge story. It's like, well, 60 Minutes is doing their second profile in as many years on him this weekend. I thought maybe it had crossed over, but not Not that far. Anyway, Childs ranked, Brock Childs. Ranked, you know, like Iron Maiden, Wrath's Child oh,
1: yeah.
0: oh, I know you're a big Maiden fan, Rock. Oh, you know, so seven this is Son also of the seven seven same Son. name. So oh, oh, it's Grace. Child,
2: it's not Childs, Child, because it's one children the, is plural. So right. it's Child. One of the
0: motocross movies of all time, Wrathchild. Yes, oh, oh. one of my favorites. Terraform. How many yeah. times I've seen that? I <laughs> know. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy. Not making the top five this week. Hard one. Mm. I know. Tough, it's tough to, tough to crack. One of my all-time favorite rap bands, Lord of the Underground. They didn't make it either. That's Funky Child. You recognize that, beat, Rock? Kind of do. It's for whose shoes? should know it. Yeah. There's lyrics Where are to they from? Too. Lords of the Underground? Yeah. think New York. I would assume. They kind of have a New York sound to them. All right. Uh, you know this one?
1: That's the, city. Child
0: in the, it's the city. immortal Nick Gilder. Oh yeah, wild
1: yeah. And wild and <laughs> that's
0: a good one too. I thought that was also gonna be top five. You thought that was gonna be top five? Yeah, top five? Come hey, on, man, I I that would have been the city's a hit. No, that's not top Mars. five. Come on, there's two Marsy. more in here that if you sweep out, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry gonna... to tell you, Mora, Destiny's Child didn't make top five either. I'm a super- Not top five, unfortunately. Tough. Yeah. Childish Gambino. He's good, man. Love. That's a guy? Yeah. Yeah. Donald Lover.
2: That is high pitch. He's terrific.
0: He does a lot of different things, great man. Actor great actor, great artist. He just kind of does Riker. it all, man. Yeah. Super talented. Super, super talented. Uh, what is Swedish House Mafia, Justin? Don't
1: you worry. Don't you write.
0: Child. I I heard this
1: I this tune she has
0: got a plan for you. Keep it playing. Don't you burn uh, it. No. Don't you burn now. Yeah. Man, that was a huge, huge shot for you yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Let's the Amish? No, Swedish House Mafia. <laughs> Amish House Mafia. <laughs> did you see Marshawn hanging out with the Amish Swedish. folks? I guess it is. Very funny. Great video. Very, Isn't very funny. How
2: expensive funny. those wagons are? Yeah.
0: Not cheap. No. <laughs> Sweetie, baby, I'm a real wild child. Iggy Pop, Real Wild Child. God, there's so many of these. Uh No Child Left Behind, of course. Oh, nickel, uh, nickelby? Huh? That's what he's used to call it. Nickleby. Yes. Lee Child, who writes the Jack Reacher books. My dad likes those a lot. Eddie Murphy Brock was in The Golden Child. Okay. And then uh John Ritter was in. Problem child. Company. Problem child, oh. yes. And then, of course, Chucky, not John Gruden, but the original doll, was in Child's Play. There you go. Nice, nice job. Child in Time, Deep Purple, Look Up Child, Lauren Daigle. It, your favorite, And Look Up child, child, Lauren Daigle? Yeah. Lauren Daigle, Thank I'm you. Up. Yeah, yeah we got that in there. I'm going to go country that. with Tyler Childers. I
2: got buddies up White House Road. You know this song?
0: No. We didn't
2: play the new uh,
0: Snoop and Stapleton. Not yet. What do you think of it? I didn't hear the Snoop part. I thought the other part was good. It was fine. It's a cover. It is. I kind of like that the Monday Night Football song was its own unique thing. Right. But, I mean, I guess if Sunday Night Football is going to rip off Joan Jett, then I guess you can rip off Phil Collins. Sure. It's fine. It's okay. (laughs) Supremes had Love Child. It's a good one, too. It is a very good one. Middle Child, J. Cole. That's also from Warren. That's another good one. Gosh, Devil there's so many. Devil Child,
2: are all in your lifetime, the yeah. three of you. The people that you know, the middle child, are they all odd and unique like me? If you think through some of the different family dynamics and friends. I don't know anybody with three kids.
0: Everybody I know only has one sibling. <laughs> really? Yeah. I know very few people with two siblings. Interesting. Yeah, three is rare. It's either two or four. Too many kids. Yeah, too many. <laughs> can't have too many kids. There's poster child, there's no child no from way. Red Hot Chili Peppers. All right, that'll take us into the top five. Thank you. You ready for the top five? Been ready. You've been ready.
2: Yeah, I feel like today I, the, the music. I know oh, no, almost nothing. All right. Up, well, number so. five,
0: Brock. You should know the five stair steps.
2: Ooh, child, there's there's you gonna Get I, I do know this.
0: You do like that one. Yeah. I do like that one. That one's got a great a great vibe to it. That That's one is, gift. I think you're going to know a lot of the top five. Okay, good. Even though you struggled a little bit early, that was number five. Number four.
1: Hello, I'm Julia Child. Oh, when you think of meat, you think of beef. And when you think of beef, you think of steaks. And when you think of steaks, you think of a great, big, thick, juicy, broiled or barbecued steak brown on the outside. <laughs>
0: Such a such a great voice.
2: I have watched her a lot growing up, actually.
1: Yeah, who didn't?
0: Yeah. You think of beef? <laughs> just can't get that out of my head. <laughs> you think of beef. Uh, Julia Child coming in at number four. At number three, coming to Climate Pledge Arena in November.
1: I'm on the
0: He's young, young. really re- re-
2: re- 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 sick. So much range. Are they but- coming in 2032. When are they coming?
0: They're coming in November.
2: Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. Is well, it Metallica? We'll 2026? Metallica 2032.
0: We'll see if they can I know. They already had to cancel the first month of the tour, but so far his voice is just shot. Huh? No, he blew a blood vessel or something. But he seems to be. In back. his eye? No, in his voice. In his his got a good boy. one here. No War Child from Point Break. Oh, that is a good hey. one. Great shout out! Uh, And uh, oh no, it's Warlord. I think from uh, from the Warriors. Hmm. All right, Uh, number two, Brock. One of your favorite bands. You know who this is, right? Oh no, ACDC. There it is. Phew!
1: Oh man, that was a (laughs) hold
0: that that one. Fear.
2: <laughs> Ooh, play clock running down. Got it. Yeah.
1: Got <laughs> that play in. Got that play
2: in.
0: All
1: right. yeah, the, I think the,
0: I know what number one play is. Play clock too. came in a little late. Had a little trouble. You want to go to the wristband on Any that wristband one, Brock, band, Brock, Brock, for some help? No, I think I know number one. Yeah. What do you think number one is? I think it's DNR. It Let the top five kind of redeem this one. What do you think? But Brock's oh, dancing my, my axle. axle. I'm just doing yeah. my axle on the microphone, sorry. <laughs> is Mora actually there? You keep saying her name, but nothing. I'm not entertained. <laughs> Lewis the Child, did you name did you say that one? What's that? That's just an artist. I don't know that Wild is. Child by uh, Enya. I got that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mentioned that. Good. I think we're set. Very right, good. Nice job, everybody. Well done. Well, Alright, we gotta run. Uh, we're going to turn things over to Bump and Stacy, of course. Little Timmy Kirchner and his six and
2: seven-eighths head
0: tomorrow at 7.30. <laughs> Tim doesn't have a small head at all. Oh my god! His head might be bigger <laughs> than you think. And Divish really? is taking shots at me saying, of course, I don't know about fitted hats because I wear dad hats. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Nice, Divish. Nice I'm going to do elastic band I'm pants. I'm an adult. <laughs>
1: nothing
0: I'm wrong a man. With, I'm 40. Nothing wrong with admitting that. All right, we got to go. Uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow morning, six a.m. Until then, the hay barn. See you, everybody.